0: Welcome to the Rock Music Alliance interview sessions. I am your host, Cole Coleman. On the show today, you know his production and musicianship from many artists, including Smash Mouth, Steven Tyler, and many more. Today, we're speaking with Mike Crumpus about his new band, Dead Romantic. Attention guitar players, join the thimble slide revolution and free your slide finger. With its patented shape, you can slide and fret while wearing the thimble slide. Visit thimbleslide.com. That's thimbleslide.com. Today on the show, we're speaking with Mike Krumpus and Dan Taylor of the band Dead Romantic. And Claudio Pesavento from Mahogany Rush and Chris Squire Band is here with us. Claudio, how are you doing today? I'm all right. Uh, Mike, what is the latest news? From the world of Dead Romantic, any new releases, tours being planned? Uh,
1: Tours, I mean, because of COVID, uh, everything's kind of been held on the back burner. But the exciting new news is that our video yesterday just surpassed a million views, which in just like a few short weeks is pretty awesome. And we're super excited about it um, because we weren't expecting it. And it was something that we were like, okay, well, it's a brand new project. We're going to have to build this and. So we're really, really excited. It was like as it, as it was climbing every sort of day or
2: every like few days, we were like, oh, it's just hit this. That's insane. Oh, it's just hit this. That's insane. And now all of a sudden we're a million. It's crazy.
0: That is amazing for sure. And congratulations on that. We'll maybe we'll talk a little bit about that later, too, you know. Um, so any singles? I, I know you guys have one single out already. Uh, has there been two or three singles?
1: We've got two. Um, so we had a single called All Talk out there. which was pretty much a teaser. Um, there was an old version of it up, so we thought we'd rip that down, and put a new version up to kind of keep people entertained while we were making the record. And then we stuck out um, Yesterday, which is our current single that we're working now.
0: Cool, cool. And uh, you mentioned an albums. So are these standalone singles or they're they're from a forthcoming album, right?
2: Yeah, the album comes out soon. Um, We're hoping September 3rd. Yeah, yeah. The the provisional date is the 3rd of September, so that's what we're working towards. But, you know, things change and stuff. But it, it sounds really cool so far. Like, I'm really sort of happy with... What we've been able to create—it's—I'm really excited for it to come out. To be fair, I'd just send it out tomorrow just so everyone can listen to it. But it doesn't work like that. So,
0: yeah, you know, from from what I've heard of the singles so far, I'm excited to check it out. You know, I want to see what what more is on the album. Sounding great, guys—that's for sure. Now, what is the name of the album?
1: The album's called Voices, and there will be a couple singles uh, released before the release of the album. So, the plan right now is to—we'll have another single coming out. And then after that, I have no clue what date we're putting <laughs> but we are putting another song out after that, and then one in conjunction with the album that will be released. So we will have three or four radio singles going out pro, you know prior to the album coming up.
0: Terrific, And that, that really seems to be a good strategy for today's you know, world, you know is to put those singles out there, you know keep it, um, keep it pumping right along. You know Claudio, have you been checking out the singles as well? What do you think?
3: Uh, everything that Mike does is really exciting. But, I came to say that. No, I mean I don't know how he does it, but he always come out with something new and fresh, and it's good, you know. I mean, that's I like the songs, you know. I like the band, so hopefully this is gonna be the one, you know.
0: It's... oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Because you know, I, every every year I see new faces, you know, I never get used to it. But, you know, I mean, in this business, you know, it it takes time or sometimes it's just you have to, you know, have that song, I don't know.
1: Chemistry too, like having the right guys to band. And sometimes it's like dating. You need to date band guys. Not really, not literally, but you you need to go through, find your musical counterparts and the guys that you, you know, want to be. A band is like a marriage, so you got to have guys that you trust and you work well with and that you have musical chemistry with. Um because this is not one of those bands it's like, hey, you know, I'm I'm gonna write all the songs and you guys play the parts. Like this is really a band and it's a really, really a collaborative effort. And there's two guys, two other guys in the band, Adam Breeze and Chris Horrocks And, and um, you know, even though Dan and I do the majority of the writing together, that they're still involved in co-writers and and very much a part of the band. So I think that's the thing, Is like we all have, you find your guys that you work well with and it's a lot different than doing a studio album where it's like, you go and you play, you get the fuck out and then, you know, and then your next show, you show up and say, hey, let's do a rehearsal and go play. We're together every day creating this stuff. And um, that's the difference of this. And that's why it feels like the right thing for me. It's like now we're, it's like a band and we're doing it together. And we're the four Musketeers and let's go kick some butt together.
0: So I got to ask, did you guys start by writing songs together or did one of you have like a backlog of songs to get things going?
2: We got together and just started writing stuff, didn't we?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, Probably about a year ago now, um, Mike got in touch and um, I came around and we just sort of had a bit of a chat and then sat down pretty much straight away and started writing and what we wrote, ended up becoming the album. I mean, there's been rewrites and there's been songs that we've dropped and songs that we've picked up and and new things that's come along. But yeah, we pretty much got together, started writing straight away. And now we're in the sort of rehearsal stage, really sort of
1: beating it up to try and get it all ship-shaped so that we can go out and show the world. And some of, I mean, some of my favorite songs on the album are the ones that we wrote last. And they were the ones that we wrote very quickly, and once we had found kind of the sound that we wanted to have, um, I think we were, were writing songs right before delivering the album to Sony. So it's like, hey, we have to, you know, we have the deadline to turn in next week if we want to get this out in time. Okay, well, let's just write one more. Yeah. And those are those ones turned out to be some of the better songs on the album, in my mind. My yeah, way. I think at that point, we'd sort of found ourselves, as corny as
2: that sounds, we'd kind of sort of figured out what we were doing and the exact direction we were going in, and we were kind of setting that um kind of tra- trajectory, so it came along like the more we wrote them the easier it came out I suppose so it's yeah, some of the latter ones that we wrote are really cool, so
0: got it, got it um are there any outside writers or collaborations you know guests on the on the album
1: yeah um there's Steve Diamond is a really good friend and a co-writer that I've worked with for years. He just seemed like a really great natural fit for the project. And he's written everything from like he's written songs for Eric Clapton and he's written songs for Orianti and he's written songs for Backstreet Boys. And it's like his catalog is ridiculously huge. And he's such a humble guy and such a great co-writer. And he knows how to fit into the vibe of the band. And He's hilarious, too. Yeah, He's funny. Um, and then there were some songs that I brought to the table that are on the record that I wrote with with some of the previous band members uh, from a band I had called The Fell. So there's a couple songs that were like, those are great songs. I'd hate to, for them to be coasters and do nothing, so let's um, let's do something with those. So there might be some of those that are snuck on the album, but the majority of the record is um, it's the band. It's a, it's a band record.
0: Well, how about the band? Uh, what, who's in the lineup? Who's playing what instruments?
1: uh so i sing
2: and do very little else try not to carry stuff no i'm joking Uh, i i sing um mike plays guitar does some backing vocals and stuff um on the record he did various other things alongside everybody else as well but guitar on the live shows and stuff uh then we've got chris who plays bass and adam breeze who um is the drummer so that's the that's the band
0: cool now i know you guys have a built-in big advantage and that's your producer multi-platinum record producer, Mike Krampus, Mike, <laughs> Mike, uh, you're producing the album, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I produced the, the record and mixed the majority of it. And then we had, um, Zach Cervini, who's a super hot mixer right now. Um, he's doing like the architects bring Me the rise and the new young blood record, pretty much every cool record that I like, I end up finding out that he's mixed it. So, you know, um, we scrounged our pennies to have him like, we're like, let's get Zach. I'm a big fan of Zach's stuff. And Dan, Dan is also, so let's have Zach mix a tune. And so one of the singles Zach mixed and it's fantastic.
0: So when and how did Dead Romantic get started?
1: It pretty much started. So when I moved to the UK, I was looking to put a band together and we had kind of played around with a different lineup of this, that band name. Uh, but it wasn't right. It wasn't the right thing. So, you know, I call that a false start. It wasn't really a start. It didn't really start, you know, this incarnation of it until Dan, until I found Dan. And I found Dan on Facebook, a, a post of some guy singing Zeppelin cover, kicking ass and jumping around the stage, came up on my Facebook post. And I just happened to go, man, that guy's good. Who is he? I noticed that he lived in Yorkshire, which is close to where I am. And I wrote a message saying, hey, does anyone know who this singer is? I would love to work on a project with him. And then um, a woman responded saying, hey, yeah, this is Dan Taylor. I'm like, oh, can you put me in touch? She didn't announce that she was Dan's wife, but it was Dan's (laughs) wife. And and put us in touch. And then he came over here and um, we had a meeting, hit it off. And right then it was like, that was in between the two lockdowns here so pretty much we started writing and then oh crap lockdown happened again now we have to put it on hold and dan was super persistent going man i'll do anything let's just like find a way to make this work we gotta we gotta do this gotta do this and finally i'm like let's just do this and and we wrote a couple songs and as soon as we kind of had a sound it was like okay let's let's put a band together i know the right drummer Let's find a bass player. Adam referred the bass player, and that was it. it. After that, it was just like smooth sailing.
0: That's that's an amazing origin story. You know, really, you know, to to find somebody just cold turkey like that from a video on Facebook. That's I mean, we, we hear about these things happening. You know, but here it is. Here's an example. It's amazing. Just
2: going to say it was weird because I don't think Mike and I have any sort of mutual friends or anything like that on Facebook. So I have no
1: idea how he even stole it. It must it. have been someone. I, it must have been some <laughs> musician that is connected in some way to it. Maybe a musician that he plays with or something. I don't know how, but that's happened. Weird. And I think he thought I was full of shit when oh, I definitely without I got
2: this message like, oh my name's Mike. I'm like multi-platinum record producer, blah blah blah. I was like, Yeah, fuck, of course you are. I thought, <laughs> like you have- me on. I thought you guys
0: met in Tinder.
2: What what happened? <laughs> yeah, Tinder. He swiped right.
0: So 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 tell us about the name. How did you decide on Dead Romantic?
1: Uh it was kind of like one of those things where you're sitting around, and you're going through a bunch of names and it's like, um, It was a combination of a bunch of names and we just happened to pick that one. It's like, that sounds cool. But I think someone had said Dead Romantics. I'm like, no, it has to be Dead Romantic because Dead Romantics sounds like, I don't know. Yeah. It sounds like it's like an 80s. Mm,
2: But it's cool because it's like a, because the band sort of originating, like we're sort of based in Yorkshire. Dead Romantic in sort of Yorkshire means like really romantic in like, Yorkshire slang so if you say like something's dead cool it means it's really cool or whatever so dead romantic is like really romantic so it's just it's kind of a cool little thing that it's a bit of Yorkshire slang in there as well
0: I did pick up on that and it is kind of amazing that you know one letter makes such a difference because you're right Mike it's like dead romantics I mean uh, you know what comes to mind right away of course are the romantics and it sounds so retro, you know, Dead Romantics. You know, it's still, still a cool name if anybody wants to use that out there. Yeah. Um, but you knock off that S, and it does become something else, you know, Dead Romantic. And and I got that, you know, it's like, you know, like like you're talking about being romantic. It's it's cool. Z at the end. What's that, Claudio?
3: Put at the end. Dead Romantics.
0: <laughs> now, I, I originally heard that you guys were based out of Manchester, but you're saying Yorkshire.
2: Yeah, so Manchester's like really close, but where we're sort of based, where Mike's studio is is like the sort of brink of the border of Yorkshire, we're in West so, Yorkshire. So Dan's kind of towards Sheffield way. I'm South Yorkshire, I'm from Rotherham, uh, which is near Sheffield. Um Mike's West
1: Yorkshire and we're uh, so where I am right now, I'm like I could say I'm from Manchester, I could say I'm from Leeds or or <laughs> Huddersfield, which I don't like to tell anyone because it doesn't sound as cool. But I'm 25 minutes to Manchester or 20 minutes to Leeds, which are both great cities. So, you know, if you're saying the closest, nearest big city, I would say is Manchester. For him, it would be Sheffield.
0: Cool, cool. Claudio, have you ever visited that area in all of your travels?
3: Yes, I did. So, by the way, are you Manchester City or United?
1: Oh, man.
2: Uh, I'm a Manchester United fan. I always have been, from being a kid. I think I had a Manchester United shirt before I could walk,
1: so I didn't really get much choice in the matter.
3: I'm City. Sorry, you're City
1: fan. I'm not really any because I don't, you know, I'm not really a sports guy, and I'd probably kick in the face. (laughs) But my granddad, I believe my granddad, who was who was born in Manchester and from Manchester, was Man City, but. I think I'm going to just, if I have to pick one, I'm going to go Man United.
0: All right. Very cool. And here's something I was wondering about is, does that geographic area have any bearing on your music at all? Like, is, is there a Manchester or Yorkshire style that's at work in your music?
2: I don't know whether there's a, there's a style. I mean, there's a really good sort of rock and metal scene Here, like, but I think that's sort of UK-wide. It seems like there's a lot of people who really appreciate the stuff. I mean, I'm sure that there is in the US as well, but um, I don't know. But I think the main sort of Yorkshire um, influence in the music is my accent because I try and stay true to sort of who I am. So the accent kind of comes out in in songs at times. So I suppose that's a little hint of where we're from. It's interesting.
1: I mean, because people have said to me, uh, you know, it's a UK sounding band. And then other people are saying, "Oh, it's a very international sounding band. So I don't know. I think it's cool if they say it's a UK sounding band. I and mean, there's some really great Yorkshire bands like Bring Me the Horizon. And, um, you know, there's so many good bands from this area. I mean, I mean, and then it's Bring Me the Horizon. And then there's like Oasis from Manchester. So they're, they're, they're very different scene-wise. But I don't know. What do you guys think it sounds like?
0: Well, you know, I, I, would, I would need to hear more uh, to to really make a a judgment on that, but from what I've heard so far, I'm getting more I'm getting more the international sound to me. It's like a you know, but I I'd, I I'd, I'd need to hear more. Like I say, in in other songs, I might pick up on Dan's accent more, you know. So so right right now, it sounds to me like you guys have a a really terrific sound to bust out internationally.
2: Cool, it's good to hear. Always, yeah, I'll take
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I got to say, you guys are already at a top level musically, you know, with, you know, top level songwriting, top level production, yet you're a new artist. Now, 30 years ago, it, this would have been a time for radio promotion, maybe, maybe television appearances and touring. But today, you know, radio and television are nearly gone as, as people stream their music and shows now, you know. So in today's world, how will you guys amass a following? And, and you're already off to a good start. You're already accumulating so many. So how are you doing it?
1: I, we ask yourself the same questions. Like, how are we going to do this? Especially during COVID when there's no shows. So it's not like we can do the grassroots thing and go play and get a fan base right now. So we're hoping that that's going to change really soon and that climate won't be the same. But um, I think there's still over here, there's still radio. There's still print sometimes, even though the world has gone streaming. And it's so competitive. I don't know. I, I'm, I mean, we just got to let the music do its thing and our personalities do its thing. And hopefully that connects with someone out there that will tell their friend that tells their friend. And, and that's the only way we can really build it. I mean, you can do ads and you can do things to get noticed, but that only goes so far it, it really has to connect and someone has to champion it. So we're lucky. We have a really cool team. Um, and We have a good radio guy over here that's just starting to work yesterday. And so far it's been on Kerrang! and we got Kerrang! TV and we're starting to get placed on the rock and metal scene magazines and we have something coming out in uh, Rock Sound. I think we have a page coming out in June in that magazine. So there's some of the traditional kind of things are still happening. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I think we just got to just hope that it connects and, and does its thing.
0: And and you're off to a good start. This is really amazing. All the uh, all the the plays your videos are getting that's that's terrific. So let's pause our conversation here and take a listen to a sample of your song yesterday from your forthcoming album Voices. Yeah, Dan, would you set us up with the uh, the meaning of the song? Uh,
2: yeah. So the song um, is basically about. Um, that sort of feeling when you've been sort of struggling with from, from like a, a relationship that's sort of gone bad and you're sort of feeling hurt and stuff, but it's that sort of turnaround where you sort of realize, you know what, I'm not gonna allow somebody to make me feel like this. I'm gonna drive through this and I'm gonna come out the other side feeling better and I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of be the winner in this situation, sort of thing.
0: All right then. Here's a sample of yesterday on the rock music alliance
2: We were like a car crash for the reasons.
0: Hey, that sounds great, guys. I really like the production, Mike. I really do. Um, it's got depth with that. I hear a, you know that floating soundscape back there in the chorus. I love, and uh, the guitar is crunching away, and you got a ripping solo in it. That's that's great. How many songs are you guys releasing?
1: Right now, there's a plan to at least, at least release three or four singles before the album comes out. But who knows what you know? That could always change. Um, you it's never a know. forever
2: changing landscape, in it really. Like the industry is sort of ever changing, and I mean, like right now, with the world as it is, who knows what's going to happen? So, like, if we, I mean, the ideal scenario is you release an album and then you tour it. Well, touring's kind of up in the air at the minute, so who knows what we're going to do? But yeah, we're definitely releasing um, four singles from the album that's already sort of in motion what happens after that I suppose is anybody's guess
0: (laughs) well guys we'll be right back uh, with Mike Krumpus and Dan Taylor from Dead Romantic we're going to take a little we're going to talk a little gear and delve a little bit into the past but first listen to these important words from the Rock Music Alliance and the RMA Awards for rock metal and prog music it's time that rock music has its own awards The RMA Awards, its own scholarships, charity events, and more. And only you can make it happen by joining the Rock Music Alliance and voting in the RMA Awards. You can join as either a musician, an industry professional, or if you just love rock music, you can join as a patron of rock. Everyone can join and everyone gets to vote. Join the Rock Music Alliance. Go to rockmusicalliance.com. That's rockmusicalliance.com.
3: I'm Tony Kay. Join the Rock Music Alliance.:
0: So Mike, you have quite a background in music as an all-around musician, producer, music director, you know, more than we can cover you know today. You know, you know To name a few for our listeners, you know you've worked with Smash Mouth, Steven Tyler, Mutt Lang, Nelly Furtado, Elton John, Demi Lovato, and many, many more. You know take us a little bit into the past. Where were you born and raised?
1: I was born in Toronto, Canada um, my mom was born in England, so my family migrated from here to there, and then I ended up back here. Um, and then so in my early 20s, I left Toronto, Canada, and I moved to Los Angeles, where I met Claudio actually. Um, and I kind of started well I'll backtrack in Toronto I played with Nelly Furtado and I was the guitar player a touring guitar player in the band and I was a session musician and you know I made my rounds in early days doing cover gigs and jingles and sessions and playing with Canadian recording acts like I used to play with Edwin which is a fairly large back in the day recording act Um, and then shortly after leaving Nelly Furtado's band I decided okay I'm going to go to LA and try to make a go and have that you know the, the Hollywood dream. <clears throat> so I moved there and at first it was a struggle and I got into some some cool circles and um started getting into TV work and doing soundtracks and film for TV and producing artists and that led to some major label productions and each kind of thing like step to another thing. Um and then at some point I had decided okay well I've done LA, everyone's going to Nashville, let me do Nashville. So then I did Nashville and back and forth LA Nashville for years. But the entire time, you know, my wife and I really wanted to move to England and bring our kids here and have them grow up here. And um, it's probably not a politically correct thing to say, but as soon as Trump was in power, I was like, I'm getting the hell out of here. So um, it was, it just seemed like the right time. And um and I wanted my kids to be raised here and have a great education. And and I was kind of played out a bit. I was, I was kind of not feeling Nashville anymore. I mean, there's some serious talent there and some amazing people and amazing friends there, but it, it just never felt like home. And the second I moved here, I'm like, this is where I need to be. I can walk down the street and there's castles, there's rolling hills, there's like, history and cool shit like that. And I can take my kids to go see something different by just driving an hour. The the whole entire landscape here. It's like going to a different country. So, you know, in America, you have to drive through several states to notice that geographic difference. So um, and then that's it. Then we we moved our record company here and started doing, you know, working with independent talent here and signed a deal with Sony for distribution. and that's kind of how we're putting music out these days.
3: And you have Mr. Bean in there too. What's that? You have Mr. Bean, so it's like home. Really. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mr. Bean's a legend. <laughs> I, t- I left out a lot of steps, but that's like the condensed.
0: Yeah, no, that's fine, and that's, and it's still that's an amazing amount of stuff. I mean, you have such a, uh, you've done so much in in your life. It's it's really. Really cool. Now, how did, how did you first become a musician? Like, was there somebody in your family that was already a musician?
1: Yeah. Um, there was a really influential person in my life. Uh, and I call him my stepdad. His name was Blair, but he was a drummer and he passed away of cancer. He left me his drum kit and that's, you know, that's why I developed such a love for playing drums and probably why I, I also play drums. Um, now, um, but I didn't really have, well, I had a guitar teacher that and who, who now is my mom's husband um, who was a big influence on me and my guitar playing but from even before meeting him I had this love for music ever since being four I picked up a guitar at four years old and that's all I wanted to do that was it I just knew I don't know how I remember seeing Michael Jackson and Jennifer Batten playing with michael jackson when i was very very little going oh i want that gig because i was such a michael jackson fan i want to play i want a yellow guitar like that and shred like that chick um but it's just all i've ever wanted to do and you know i've had to do other crappy jobs and things to get to this point and um and i still have a long way to go but um, yeah, it's just it's just always been in my blood and I don't know really where it came from. It's just there.
0: Cool. And how about you, Dan? Uh, where where were you born and raised and how did you become a singer?
2: My story's a little bit less interesting than mine. Because so I was born and raised in Rotherham and I lived there for pretty much my entire life and I still live there now. Uh, <laughs> moved to Sheffield for a little bit while I was at university, but... I've been singing since I was like, uh, I don't know, nine or ten years old. Um, Like when I was at school, I was in the choir and things like that. And um, because I could sing quite well, I always got uh, the good parts in the school performances and things. Um, And then I got, when I moved up to sort of secondary school, it was like uncool and stuff. So I stopped doing it for a little while, but then there was a point in my life where like, I think I got to maybe like 14, 15 and I just decided, you know what? Who cares whether people think I'm cool or if they don't think I'm cool, or if they're going to like, like me or whatever, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. So then I started singing again and like started having singing lessons and stuff. And then from that point onwards, it's just been performing in bands from, like cover bands and then some originals bands and things like that. Uh, I even did the wedding circuit for a little while as a bit of a Frank Sinatra kind of thing. Believe that or not. Um, but yeah. And then, um, then Mike got in touch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's terrific. And you know, it's amazing how many times I hear, uh, you know, from, from rock singers that, that some of their origins are singing in the choir yeah uh, a lot a lot of people you know begin by singing in a, in a choir it's amazing maybe
1: it's because that's an outlet for you know it's a safe environment where you can belt out and at least you're in a sea of people yeah. so you can like start building up your confidence and i mean it's and then- probably, i mean i'm not a singer so it's but it's probably really intimidating when you start singing it's like such a personal expression. Actually, I remember the first time I ever sung um, on my
2: own in front of people. I was on holiday with my family and I sung on the karaoke because my dad encouraged me. He was like, go on, you sung in the choir, just go and sing. And I went up there and I sung this song. I sat back down and I had this pain in the back of my head. Like I've never felt before. And I'm sure it was just nerves. And then as soon as I sat back down after singing, it was just like release. And then I never felt it again. I think it just like that little sort of step was that just conquered all my fear i suppose
3: well at least you're lucky you then go to to catholic school like me and that i was in the choir but you know you know what happened there right so
1: <laughs>
3: are you leading to are you leading
2: to some catholic I did, <laughs> I did go to catholic school <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> claudio is one, one of the poor choir boys
0: <laughs> they love no choir boys right we have just a few minutes left. Um, but, Mike, I wanted to ask you uh, how are you getting that hefty crunch?
1: Um, gear wise? Yeah. Um, okay. So, for a lot of years, I've been playing Laney uh, amps and I still play Laney amps. However, I've been recently playing Mesobarba amps and EVH amps. So, uh, Mezzabarba is an Italian company and they make. They're like the Maserati of amps. They're fantastic. And they're very Marshall-esque, like EL34 amps. I have a 100-watt Trinity that they sent over with a cab with uh, greenbacks, and I absolutely love it. And then I have, uh, well, there's EVH back there, but in the live room, maybe after this, I can take you through there and show you some things. But where we're rehearsing right now, uh, my favorite other head would be an EVH uh, EL34 stealth. And it's kind of got the marshall esque thing. And then new to the arsenal is I've just got a what's called a quad cortex from the guys at Neural DSP. And I've always been skeptical of modelers and digital things, like axe effects, uh, um, all those kind of things. I'm, I've always been, ah, you know, Headrush was the first thing. They sent me a head rush, and I loved it. For the effects and i use that exclusively for effects for a long time so i just got the quad cortex and i absolutely love it and i captured all of my amps so and they are identical so like a few weeks ago never showed up about
2: amps now never shows Talk about this thing!
1: <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, like I, I sound like I'm selling for them, but for real, I've, I've captured my barba and I captured my EVH, and I have them in this sound that's panned, and it's like holy crap! I can get on a plane, put this thing in a bag, and show up anywhere, and it's going to sound exactly like my amps.
0: That's that's fantastic to hear that that it works that well. That's great.
1: And it just eliminated like 900 pedals off, of like. Yeah. I had the most insane pedal board and I just took all the pedals and went
0: how will you do it live? Is in one in one uh,
3: you use like a one uh, main thing that you have everything in there like a virtual effects and everything?
1: Yeah, I can I can show you. Um do you oh. mind if I take the laptop in there?
0: Let's wrap this up and then we'll we'll uh we'll take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so this so this thing you're talking about, you know, the amp modeling technology. Um, so you're just saying that that's going to dump your pedals. I wanted to find out for recording. I guess before this, have you used any anything like um, you know amp modeling, like Kemper or Fractal or Amplitude? Have you used any of those?
1: In the past, I have used some of that stuff. I had a Kemper, and that lasted about five minutes. I was just never. I would always just revert back to my amps because I never could, could never. And people use them, and they sound great on you know. Bands like the architects use them and they have killer, killer tones. Just for me, it would, never was the thing for me. I always would revert to, to my amps. And when we were doing this record, the guys at Neural DSP sent me some of the plugins before this unit came out. And I love them. And we used a lot of them on the record for effects guitar parts or like, you know, lo-fi things and, and doubling some of the amp stuff. But my my thing now is like the mezabarba Um uh, the EVH. And then we also use Laney. We use Tony Iommi's personal Laney, Um that the guys at Laney gave me from their museum to use for the record. So it's wow. sitting right over there, but we have one of his personal heads and not just his model. It's actually belongs to him and it's sitting in my studio still. I'm never giving it back. Uh, but yeah. So um that's uh, that's something we used on the record as well.
0: Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Dan, is there any particular gear that you like? Any particular mics or recording techniques you like to do?
2: <laughs> well, I'm a singer. I don't pay all that much attention. Someone puts a mic in front of me and I do my thing. Uh, but no, I mean... <laughs> Uh, my His servants come to me, <laughs> place the mic on a pillow. <laughs> they put the mic on a pillow, wrap me in silk, and then wheel me into the room on a nice, comfy chair. No, um, we uh we used a couple of like decent microphones in the in the studio. um I mean the the Chandler. Uh, yeah, the Abbey Chandler's Road good. is the main mic we use. The Abbey the Road, and then the uh seven B as well. Yeah, we used this uh, just um, a basic SM seven B record a lot. Got a really nice um tone to be fair. Because I have like quite a, a rasp in my voice at times, especially when I sort of do those sort of belts and it like captured it really nicely. Um and then Mike did some wizardry with some computer stuff and made it sound even better. So that's good.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh yeah you know we'll take we'll take you up on that tour in just a sec, guys, that's for sure. But yeah that does bring us pretty much the end of our time for our our regular broadcast you know and maybe we'll offer if you have a chance to show us a little bit of that studio we'll offer that in like an extended segment that'd be cool guys thanks for being here
2: thanks for having us thanks for having us it's been a pleasure
0: that's it for my conversation today with mike crumpus and dan taylor of dead romantic keep in touch with them both on social media and mike crumpus on his website mikecrumpus.com Visit thimbleslide.com for the guitar slide that frees your finger. It allows you to slide and fret while wearing it. And visit rockmusicalliance.com and join the Rock Music Alliance so you can vote in the RMA Awards. For the Rock Music Alliance, I'm Cole Coleman. Be well, stay well, and join the Rock Music Alliance.